When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to a double boot edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg. And with me, of course, is my co host, Ovi Kabir, who looks better than an ice cold lemonade on a hot summer day. I, I knew you were waiting to do this, and I just want everyone to watch it. I don't know what he's going to say before, but I, I, I had a bet that was going to be that, and I'm, I'm glad I got the, the Jasmine description finally. Julie yeah. would be jealous. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I couldn't figure out what food you were, so I went with a drink. I love that. You know, I, I on a summer day, perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I honestly think Jasmine would co-sign that, so she'd give you a 9 <laughs> out of 10 on it. That may be the only thing Jasmine co-signs on this whole podcast. We'll see. I don't know. We, we, we have a lot of rules to go through for not just Jasmine, but also Joseph, because it's a double. Yes. I, can, I, can we call this a double eviction? Yeah, I guess it's yeah. a double eviction. Yeah, it's a you double know, eviction. A split double eviction twist. Yeah, yeah. Now, I actually predicted this outcome on Twitter early Friday morning, soon as we found out how the split went. And before Kyle spilled any of the beans to Alyssa or Terrence, I have receipts. They're on Twitter. Uh, So I'm going to give myself high five. Um, You know, and I'll uh, I'll send send you a verse. There we go. All right. And uh, David, you're right. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, now, once information started coming out, I mentioned on Twitter to you uh, and to you, 
that I was going to start the notes for this podcast very early, like on, I don't know, Tuesday or Monday or something. Uh, but you were hesitant. You thought, well, you know, there could be a last minute flip. I, I, David t- texted me, if I remember correctly, Monday, it was essentially oh, was Monday, Monday, Sunday. Yeah. It, it, it was a weekend. Actually, it was a mm-hmm. weekend of it. And you just said that, I think this is literally what's going to happen. I'm laying it out. And it did happen. And I, I was apprehensive because he was starting his notes because um, I thought there might be a flip maybe at Jasmine um, to Monty flip. And at that point, too, this was before, I believe, the Sunday episode. Yeah, this was definitely before the Sunday episode. It was either Friday or Saturday when we discussed this because we didn't know if they had a chance to talk to each other previously before mm-hmm. they started to split up. And when we did see, they did have a little time. So I wasn't sure in that time if Michael got the memo that, hey, we're targeting other people. So... Um, yeah, no, but yeah, props to you, David. You have to be your own cheerleader, but I'll be your cheerleader this week too. You were right. You got it spot on. All right. Yay. Amy. All right. Now you, you know, as you mentioned, we have a lot of rules to go through here, uh, because yeah, each week, uh, we have, uh, we go through the rules that I created back in 2004 and have modified since, uh, the most recent version of course is at Rob has slash big brother rules. And we're going to do the same thing here, even though we have two players and even though they are different in so many ways, strategic, social work ethic, ego, uh, you name it. Uh, but we'll still break it all down, uh, you know, by following our normal path. We'll just jump back and forth as we go through each rule. Uh, but, Before we get to the rules, as always, we've got a few things to discuss about the week in general. Now, over the past few weeks, we've mentioned that Kyle's showmance with Alyssa could affect his game as he tries to balance her with the leftovers. And last week, I noted that the leftovers were, and I used the word stupid, and I'm still going to stick with that, to think that they could convince or pressure him into using the veto so his girlfriend could be voted out. Unfortunately, Joseph continued in that same thought process, which we'll get to when we get to the rules. But I just think it will be interesting to see what happens with Kyle and Alyssa this week in terms of how they end up. Because, you know, we've talked about before, showmances can certainly help in this game. But I think the way Kyle is handling this is really hurting his own position. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, there was so much to think about this whole week. Essentially, and I thought was was really interesting was how the people were picked, you know, how mm-hmm. we ended up having both Alyssa and Kyle on Terrence's side. And this is when they talk about showmances become so dangerous when they are basically almost a majority within a group. And mm-hmm. so this was almost a display of what the end game would look like with Alyssa and Kyle. And this is why you don't want to have a showmance at the end of the game because of this. And we saw Basically, Kyle and Alyssa were one vote together, and they just had to convince one more person that, hey, they need to be in the game. And that's what they did. And basically, all the fears of the leftovers came true. And what we'll talk about, the blundering of really pushing so hard against Alyssa that enacted what happened this week. Yeah, yeah. Now, this leads into our now regular segment. Julie Chen Moonves is wrong about blank. Uh, we should get like. We love this. We, we need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dalton Ross asked her what she thought of Kyle's move to save Alyssa. And Julie said it bothered her. Now, first of all, I'm going to stop right there. This is the woman who wasn't bothered by Kyle being essentially racist earlier. But now she's bothered about 
what he's doing to save Alyssa. Okay, Julie, you pick and choose your things to be bothered about. You do you. Fine. But uh, it, she said it bothered her because it felt like more of a move to save himself and his longevity in the game rather than his showmance or girlfriend. But this is the part where she is, again, objectively wrong. It was The move was 100% to save Alyssa. He would not have been in any danger if he stayed with the leftovers because there was one non-leftover. If they could have gotten Terrence to nominate Alyssa, they could have voted her out. End of story. So this was to save Alyssa. I, I don't know what Julie was even saying. Yeah, I think, you know, this is one of those things where it's really interesting that you could almost argue with this move, even if you disagree, you could see some sort of props to a pros for Kyle for he wants a close ally like Alyssa at his side. And so he's going to do what he can, even though it detrimentally hurts his game in certain ways to protect her so much. But he wants to do that versus last week when you saw no fault about that by you. I mean, Julie, it's just weird. Like, I feel like you can defend this situation and criticize last week much easier than the flip flop. Yeah where you're saying that now I feel like you're doing this against, it, it seemed very strange. And so I don't know what intern is giving her the notes and details for, but they're setting her up to fail. Every yeah. week they're like, how can we make Julie look bad on our our show? Essentially, They're watching YX Boston doing their best. They must be a fan. They must be a Patreon because they're literally giving, giving us like footage every week. So please let us know who you are. <laughs> Give us an anonymous tip. We'll even do like a weird voice thing where like you'll, you'll come in here, talk about it, how you are giving we'll the a, notes. We'll put a shade over the, shade, yeah. over the camera. Yeah. This yes. is a safe zone for you. Yes. Keep deep, doing what you're doing. Deep throat. The intern working for Julie Chen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I do also want to say, by the way, forget about her factually, factually wrong statements. Even if it was a move to save himself, which it wasn't, but even if it was, why is that a bad thing? You're supposed to keep yourself mm-hmm. safe in Big Brother. It, it, I found it less of a betrayal. Like I, I think we'll talk about this because I found it less of a betrayal from Kyle against the leftovers, probably as a viewer, because we've been seeing him see, put the seeds and try to make moves for the last three weeks where we've had discussions about Kyle, where he's trying to find little issues to kind of pick apart what he calls this group cookout 2.0 which then turned into monty joseph taylor trio he kept trying to find different reasons to do and this week it kind of finally worked out so i didn't feel as betrayed as kyle doing this versus i'm guessing the house gets did because it came out of the blue but so as a viewer it felt strange as julie saying i finally feel like kyle's trying to betray him when he's been betraying him each week each week he's been trying to see if he can get them out he would be happy to get monty out last week so it just we just saw the fruition of his plans come to be Versus he's been planning this for the last three weeks in some yeah. shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now regarding. So, okay, well, we'll, we'll move on past our, our Julie Chen Moonves is wrong uh, uh, segment <laughs> um, and, and to the split house twist itself. I would say that this was maybe better than most big brother twists, which is a low bar. Um, but even so, they handled it in the worst way possible. Now, a lot of this has been discussed on other podcasts, but, uh, you know, just briefly to start, they should have done it randomly. 
after the HOHs were determined. I don't know if you're going to split the house, why you do a schoolyard pet. Oh, man, I'm going to have the unpopular opinion here. I love the schoolyard pick in this, even though I get how it messes things up and makes it a little messy. I love that it just ends up being a social aspect of it. What I don't like, which a lot of podcasts have talked about already, but I don't like how they got to meet each other or see each other kind of disgusting mm-hmm. before. I wish when they split it, they needed to split them immediately. Uh, I'm of the camp that I actually thoroughly enjoyed this twist more than other twists. I might not like the outcome of it, but I do feel like this kind of took a concept like the double eviction we've had for so long, put a little twist of it without completely changing how it works. So yeah. I think we could see an iteration of this down the line and eventually it could be really interesting and it'd be really cool for house guests to start to try to game, game it and plan around, oh, we know there's going to be a, a house twist as that is double eviction night. Again, like you said, it could be a randomized thing. I think a schoolyard pick versus randomizing it. Um, you have pros and cons for either or, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people have said the twist should have been done earlier in the season, like right away. Okay. But I, I feel like if it had been done right away, like so many of their other twists, it would have served to lock in early prejudices mm-hmm. instead of stirring things up. I think the house guests needed time to get to know each other, form alliances. Then you split them up. Mm-hmm. I know five and five was not ideal. Maybe six and six would have been better. Um, yeah. Who says it even has to be even, you know, yeah. uh, but um, I, I just, I do think earlier would have been a little bit better, but not too early. So there mm-hmm. is a sweet spot in there and, and it's, it's hard to hit. Um, uh, what I, I do find interesting is that I think the goal of it probably was, is that once they split it, they're hoping that these two coalitions form together because they've been like, well, we had like the outsiders talk about right. that. Now we're all, and by outsiders, I mean, uh, Turner, Terrence, Kyle, Lisa, mm-hmm. we were living out here. We're together. Like, how do you think we're not going to bond? And now it's going right. to be us versus them. And I think this is kind of the, we'll see how this next week plays out, but the ideal situation that now they have two groups kind of warring to each other. Cause no, it doesn't matter how much you love one Alliance. Usually you don't want to ever see a steamroll. And so I think with this season, even though it wasn't technically a steamroll, there was a lot of back and forth so far, but this will truly now allow them to have a back and forth. So right. I like the idea. Like, I feel like our favorites didn't come out on top because of this twist, but I do think that it adds to the game where maybe in a future season, it could be a complete uh, start over essentially for the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think, and again, this is not, uh, you know, this is not a news flash here. Uh, they they should have done better in terms of the planning for things like wall yellers. They oh, yeah. know people come with bullhorns to yell into the backyard. Did you did it really not occur to anyone that when you put half the people outside permanently for a week, this wasn't going to be a problem? They literally took no action to to prevent it from happening until it after it happened, and then they blacked out the feeds for much of the week and I, I think at the end they put some sort of cover over them which was making the outsiders miserable uh, it was just think it through people that's all yeah. i'm asking think it through I'll, I'll add one last thing i think there's certain things they could do to make it a little bit more enjoyable what i would love to see is that some form of both sides against each other where they do a competition or some mm. shape or form where they do a reward competition i think that could have been a fun way to do it or they can 
have sent a convoy to one end to the other or some shape or form, or maybe there's a midweek twist where you can trade one of your people for the other person. So I think there's some combinations. I think they could have explored a little bit more. And I don't enjoy the idea that they made the outsiders suffer like that there. Cause like, here's the thing is like, Big Brother's not like Survivor where you're going here to suffer. Like you have your have not room, that's your thing. It would have been very easy for them to add a few little things for it to be, make it not seem as miserable. And here's the thing is when you're miserable, you're less likely to be open to other ideas. I feel like you're very set in your mind, less flexible, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, so I, I think those type of things. But I, my final note on it, I would like to see this twist again with some changes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to discuss before we get to the rules? This week, I think that we've covered most of it. Um, no, yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I can't think of uh, because the people I want to talk about are the victims, essentially Jasmine right. and Joseph. Right. So I think we'll cover it. So yeah. All right. Well, before we get to them, one more thing. I want to mention, of course, the uh, Survivor version of these rules comes in a shorter and much more colorful version in poster form. Um, go to robhasawebsite.com slash yxlostfeed. Uh, you can scroll up and down there, uh, scroll down to it, click on it, and order it. In addition to the poster, we have other ways you can uh, have those rules with you all the time. There's the poster t-shirt, there's the checklist t-shirt, and of course, my checklist mug. Uh, so again, go to uh, robhaswebsite.com slash yxlostfeed and, uh, you know, purchase to your heart content. You need sh- are you going to sh- now or later show off what you're wearing? For the- oh, well, this is an old school uh, RHAP mm-hmm. Bell shirt. Um, I believe this is still available. You can get to it at the t-shirt store by clicking on one of the Y Blank Lost t-shirts also. I'm not a hundred percent sure because it is kind of, it is older, but well, you know, it does show, look, it comes in long sleeve too. I have a sweatshirt over there. So it's still pretty hot out here, but you know, we can, it looks great on you. And here's the thing oh. is anything you buy today will be vintage in 10 years. So you should That's get your right. RJP merchandise today. So you can be like, Hey, I have my vintage gear that I got on YX loss. So that's right. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to come up with some, uh, some like a uh, uh, special sale. I didn't know about like oh, anything yeah. you buy today. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Rob calls. Hey, did you guys tell everybody everything's 50% off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ovi might've got ahead of himself. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is not. Uh, (laughs) Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back. So let's get back to the show. All right. Well, the inside of the house was calm and straightforward, while the outside was a mess. Jasmine thought she was in good and believed Michael picked her first because they were friends. Meanwhile, Joseph thought he was in good because he had two other leftovers with him. Both of them were wrong for different reasons. Did any of these reasons intersect? And were there games at all similar? Let's take a look and determine why Joseph and Jasmine lost. The first and most important rule, of course, is to scheme and plot. Starting with Jasmine, last week we discussed how Indy acted like being friends meant her fellow house guests were automatically on her side. And Jasmine definitely shared some of those same thought processes. Also last week, we covered how Indy didn't talk game with a number of different people. And once again, Jasmine was very similar. On August 15th, Jasmine talked game to Turner for the first time. That's why I have a specific date there. When Taylor became HOH, Jasmine was upset because ah, that meant she had to talk to her. Earlier this week, Jasmine said she had to humble herself and talk to Brittany because Brittany won veto even though she admitted that she never talked game with Brittany. Jasmine also said that she and Terrence didn't ever talk game. Again, this is like the same list we went over with Indy. How did she expect to make any strategic progress in this game when she didn't talk to people? Just her natural charm, which, by the way, we'll also get to in a few minutes. Okay, so I think this is going to be our first. Uh, here's the thing. This is difficult. When you're debating or are you against david bloomberg literally the the lord of the rules it's, it's difficult you're already Coming soon on uphill. prime yes the lord it, of the a, rules I get, we'll, we'll put that for pay-per-view yeah um but i will say i i felt similar to how you felt but when i was starting over this week looking going through a deep dive into jasmine's game and kind of breaking down things and i'm not saying i'm hear me out i'm not saying she was a stellar the best player of the season by any means but comparatively to the people, which is not the highest bar, who we've seen go evicted, I think there was some strategic prowess and scheming within Jasmine. Her issue, which we'll talk about, is that she kind of limited to certain people, and she basically chose the people she was going to ride or die with at the beginning of the game, and she didn't decide to increase that as she went. But right. I want to take a look at, you know, one strategic move she tried to do was after she got injured in her most powerful week of HOH week, and she said she wanted to kind of use that for sympathy that result might not be exactly her intentions because she didn't really use it to get much more social prowess versus she got more the social clout within the game. She got uh, more, oh, sorry to hear that, Jasmine. I'll help you out here and then, which I think she utilized that for that sympathy, essentially. But I will say that she had secure alliances that she tried to make, whether it was the girls' alliance, and you might know the name of the exact alliance I'm talking about, I'm forgetting the name. I think but, it was uh, the Girls' Girls' Alliance. The Girls' Girls' Alliance, yes. <laughs> you were just missing one girls. <laughs> it, it, it fell apart, essentially, after um, Paloma self-evicted. And then what we had, she kind of started into other things. I believe she had, what was it called? The Fly Swatters, which was also a fake alliance that didn't work out. 
So she had some strategy going where I want to differentiate her game from Indy's game. Uh, our most recent year. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, I guess what I was saying is like you said, you can't just strategize with one small mm-hmm. little group. You can't leave out. I mean, how many people did I list? That's almost half the house at this point. <laughs> um, half of them. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, she did try to do different types of strategy. Mm-hmm. She had a very high opinion of her ability to do that strategy. And we'll, We'll talk about that a little later. I'm not sure exactly where I have it in here, but I know it's in the notes somewhere um, that, yeah, she thought she was doing well, but other people were just like, oh, she is just so bad. She has no idea what she's doing. She's, you know, the five swatters was a perfect example. Um, yeah, it it never went anywhere. And, and it was it was just a mess. Um, and then. Other times when she tried to talk strategy, it wasn't even really strategy. Like when she was doing her best to avoid being nominated, she used her birthday, her birthday week, her birthday month, you know, all of these things as excuses. While a normal big brother player would give strategic reasons like, oh, it makes sense to keep me because of this. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I don't want you to, to evict me on my birthday week. I realize that's a horrible accent, but uh, it just no, kind of came to me. So. It was solid. You know, I think I, I will employ her strategy. I'm going to start using my birthday year. I, this is my birthday yes. year, guys. Like, yes. you know, like, I'm still my birthday this year. I just, I don't want to take, do the dishes. Um, I think, here's the thing. So when I uh, compare it to, like, other people in the house, like, similar to Lissa, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> Jasmine's game has been up than hers. But the issue is, like you said, that, she was really relying on her social ability to kind of smooth talk, endear herself to other people. When in fact, unfortunately, her own personal behavior was pushing people away. So I really think it became she she's such a she's a sponge in the sense she soaks up the people around her and she kind of soaked up the attitude of the original those girls girls alliance where mm-hmm. each of them went out one by one by one by one and her scheming was literally so isolated with only these members and for whatever reason she forgot that when only her and Alyssa were left within this group essentially she thought she still had a very strong pulse in the game when she didn't i mean yeah. she thought monkey like you said was a person walking out the house so yes she definitely had a very small Venn diagram of who she worked with, <laughs> but within those people, she was somewhat scheming and strategic, even yeah, though it yeah. wasn't well. She didn't do yeah. it well. Uh, by the way, uh, next week is my birthday week, so I just wanted to let you know you're going to have to do the whole podcast on your own. I'm just going to like sit back. Uh, I, I mean, I would expect no less. It's your birthday yeah. week. I couldn't yeah. put you. Out. I mean, at that point, I should just let you win the whole thing. You know, yeah, you win Big Brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go in. I'm going to be imported into the game. I, I, I think what the only thing I feel robbed by with Jasmine being gone is that if she made it to the final two, I would hope in a jury plea, she's like, well, it was my birthday month, two months, a month ago. So I feel like you guys owe me. The That's right. That's right. Um, now, her birthday wasn't the only thing she used um, because when she spoke to Brittany, when she finally spoke to Brittany, she said she'd appreciate the veto being used, especially in honor of her dad. I mean, I don't want to go too far into this because losing your father obviously is, is a terrible thing. But why is she using it in the game then? 
You know, she got mad when Turner said something offhand uh, when they were talking, I think the prior week about, you know, she wanted to release a balloon and Turner was like, ah, that's not very environmentally friendly. Um, and she got mad about that. But you're the one now bringing it up as a strategic element. It's no, just no, don't do that. Yeah, I think it becomes because here's a line, right? Like there's certain things you don't want to like make it into game because then it can be criticized within the mm -hmm. game. You know, I empathize completely about how she feels like that to her is, excuse me, important. And she might view it as a reason that she doesn't want to be put in a situation that could be very stressful. Mm -hmm. It's part of the game. But when you bring it as a reason, as a game reason for it, that's when, you know, uh, the only thing I'll say is that it's just not a good reason. It's not, and right. it puts the other person in a very awkward situation as well, because they don't want to flat out be like, Oh, I don't care about that. Cause that's just rude. You know, as a person, the person, mm -hmm. when you're talking about somebody, you lost your loved one and you're saying like, I didn't already stress about this, but you just have to separate the two. So I think that's the issue. Her strategy though was so based in personal relationships, which she didn't really care about certain relationships at all, but she tried to base it in so much that she tried to endear people to maybe feel bad for her, sympathize with her, and then hopefully minimize her threat level. But she didn't have much of a threat level. She was just, it, which we'll get to that rule. But uh, yeah, I, I just, it didn't work for her. Yeah. Now, another place that she uh, kind of was uh, lacking in this rule was that she didn't have much knowledge related, or at least some piece of knowledge related to playing the game. Despite being an alleged fan, uh, she didn't know the HOH breaks a tie. Um, when, you know, another situation, when Amira did her exit interview with Mike Bloom, part of her word association for Jasmine was she didn't really understand a lot of what was going on. Lost. I, I think the bar for fan slash super fan has been getting lower and lower yeah, every yeah. season. Like, you watch a season before Big Brother 19. You are a super fan now. You 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 love it. You know, like I, I don't the super fans on the season haven't ever watched a live feed. And I just don't even know if you can quantify that as a super fan if you've never even turned on the live feeds once. And so yeah, yeah, she she seemed very out of depth with the strategy of how the game actually operates. It's not really, you know, I think her mind was on Big Brother 2, essentially, where it's just like, hey, we be friendly with each other, not vote each other off, versus like the strategy behind a blind side versus a back door for, like you said, a HOH breaks the tie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, on Wednesday night, just as the show was, uh, the veto show was about to air for the Eastern half of the country. Uh, we saw Jasmine on the live feeds, making her final pitch to stay. Uh, she, she finally brought up some actual strategy claiming she kept her word. She was loyal. She was not targeting them, et cetera. But when Brittany led the cross-examination about her various lies regarding other alliances and promises, Jasmine didn't exactly do a great job of getting through it because Brittany had all the information and there was just no good way for Jasmine to explain herself. They even brought up uh, what we had previously named the Nigerian Prince Alliance, um, and she hemmed and hawed about her part in that. But through all of it, you know, there was really one key thing and it doesn't really even come back to her it's even if everything jasmine said was true she still wasn't in the leftovers alliance and that was the the, the big strategic component here michael even said it in confessional after the nominations she didn't know about the leftovers. she didn't know there was another alliance 
she thought half the members of the leftovers were in her alliance. And so, you know, that's right there is a big, you know, failing on her part with this rule. Yeah, I, I just think her best strategy, if we want to talk about pitching, would have been to first one recognize that she's in danger because she didn't realize she was in danger too late. That she didn't realize she had to convince them that Monty needs mm-hmm. to go home. And I think that's number one, the awareness of it. But number two, she needs to convince them that she's more of an asset than Monty to them. So whoever's going to stay here, the goal would be they stay loyal to this three. And specifically in Michael and Brittany's situation, she doesn't need to convince Taylor. The person who's driving it is Michael, who's HOH and Brittany. They're tied together. Convince them that she's an asset with, to them. She's a lone rider. And also she has a competition ability that Monty hasn't really proven yet. He hasn't won in HOH. She has, you know, I'm not saying it's a big search, but she's, she's won in HOH. She's yeah. a, not essentially a huge threat in here. Maybe you bring me over to you. And also, you know, my connection with Jasmine, Joseph and all of them. It's not exactly the greatest. Well, with Joseph, it was a little better, but I can be more to you than Monty can be to them, essentially. So, I mean, that would have been if she could have kind of pitched that, that might have convinced them one way or the other. I'm not saying she had a big chance, but she didn't even know how to pitch. Very, very, very little, tiny, very tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, yeah, last week, uh, I, I finally found the part in my notes here that I was talking about earlier. Um, you know, last week we saw Jasmine being so proud of herself for getting poor, naive Joseph to do her bidding and bring back information. So this goes to you know what we were discussing a few minutes ago, because, in fact, he was the one doing that. Um, you know. Kyle commented on that in the live feeds this week, telling Alyssa that Jasmine thought she could control Joseph when it was the exact opposite. And again, this spoke to both Jasmine's strategic cluelessness and also to Joseph being able to work here. Yeah, I mean, this is a good transition. I mean, if you, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Jasmine? No, if not, then I'll go with yeah. that. Yeah. With Joseph, and I mean, his strategic game, if we talk about someone who's scheming, he was scheming throughout this whole mm-hmm. game really impressively. I mean, I think one thing that I really thought was impressive, so many people go into the Big Brother house and say, I'm going to hide my my profession. I'm not going to not really talk about that my life. Joseph made it very apparent that he wasn't anybody in this kind of lawyer, lawyer attorney profession in the sense that he said he was a bodybuilder. He cared about fitness, et cetera. When, I mean, this last basically three Four years have been consumed within him being law school, other things. He knew how to downplay that threat because he knew he'd be instantly seen as mm-hmm. strategically smart because if he has a professional lawyer, but also him being a physical, I mean, just look at him. He's he's huge. He's like the biggest guy in there, essentially. And so those combines a big target on him. So strategically, he knew how to underplay that. He was making connections with everyone. I mean, he is literally the flip side of Jasmine where they played different sides of the house, but Joseph was so good. He was playing his side of the house, but also the other side of the house as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing a great job when it came to bamboozling people like Jasmine and Indy. Now, that's like saying I could do a good job dunking on a toddler's Nerf basketball hoop. But he also did other things beyond that. He was one of the co-creators of The Leftovers as he suddenly gained wisdom on his 25th birthday. Um, which, by the way, he only celebrated for one day, not a week or a month. Um, uh, you know, but he was the main one who saw what was going on and was tired of the way Taylor was being treated. So he helped do something about it. Uh, but unfortunately for him, his dedication to the leftovers was 100 percent. 
And he had some massive blind spots regarding the possibility that anyone else in the alliance might not be loyal. And this, of course, was especially true when it came to Kyle as it related to Alyssa. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this. He pushed last week to get Kyle to use the veto so Taylor could nominate Alyssa and they could evict her. That didn't work. But Joseph apparently didn't learn his lesson and he was still counting Kyle as a loyal ally who would happily vote out the only non-leftover available who just happened to be Alyssa. Yeah, unfortunately with this, Joseph had tunnel vision in the sense that he was such a team-oriented player. He realized, he thought in his mind that with this group of people, we can make it to this position. All of us would be smart and whatnot without realizing that through his own actions from really targeting Alyssa, really kind of pushing on Kyle about this issue, he was slowly pushing Kyle outside of the fold. And I will say this too, because we've been, we've criticized Kyle throughout this, you know, our podcast week in, week out on different issues. But one thing I will say is that the leftovers, they did not do, and Joseph specifically, a good job of reaffirming that Kyle is super mm-hmm. important to them and also not recognizing the fact that when you push on a listen now, you're going to be pushing on a Kyle. It would have been so much easier if Joseph kind of pivoted this a little bit and said, let's bring a listen into the fold. We'll create a new Fox foe alliance, essentially, with a listen included with here. So that way we don't need to worry about Alyssa going out and it. He could have made a separate decision between his closest ally that we need to take them out in we you know when it's final nine we don't need to wait you know this part so I I just think I mean it was his own doing you know a little over scheming to say yeah yeah he you know he just kept campaigning he even at one point thought that he could maybe get Alyssa on his side though he later said in interviews no I never I knew I never could yeah you know I know he needed to fight for his life um, and he was telling the truth. But it was all hopeless. Um, And and I I do want to also say, I know that there were people on Twitter getting mad that Alyssa wasn't listening to him. And, you know, people were saying, well, you know, he didn't lie to her as much as Kyle did. And yeah, she's right. Or those people are right. She should apply that to Kyle, but she's not going to. You know, logic does not really apply in this situation because Alyssa has declared her love for Kyle at some future point, maybe when the the glow is worn off. Mm -hmm. But nothing that Joseph said at this point was going to change it. It was not a logic situation. No, I mean, here's the answer. It's also a false equivalence like this uh, argument that Joseph is to her as Kyle is to her. Aside from the emotional part, of course, there's the emotional part where she feels yeah. relationship with Kyle. But even more than that, regardless of what Kyle said, he flip flopped here and there. He himself has stuck his neck out for Alyssa. It's proven, it's shown he's trying to do this. It's not going to help Alyssa's game at all for Kyle to go away. Joseph really needed to focus on his relationship with Turner to then focus on Terrence together this week and I think that was the issue and I we can go back a little bit and talk about how he kind of is criticizing Kyle and Lissa for making a showmance when he himself thought it'd be a smart idea to make a fake showmance with Taylor and even though the house just kind of realized it was kind of fake and kind of real it still puts it in their head that they're a duo it doesn't matter if they're right. a showmance or a duo so this criticism that we need to get out Kyle and Alyssa because they are a showman which is true the issue is is like the pop calling the kettle black because you Joseph are really tied to the hip with Taylor at this point as the house gets view it yeah well and there was one other person he's tied to also but we'll wait till the second rule to get to that one but um yeah you know 
he just, I, I, I don't know. You know, in, in Joseph's interview with Dalton Ross, he said he was hoping Kyle would hold out just a little bit longer. To which I say, yeah, so was Alyssa. But uh, what he was referencing was that he saw it as Kyle not even being nominated yet. So why spill the beans? He he said that we we saw him say that. He, I can't remember if it was on the live feeds or on the show. Um, I, I think it was on the show itself. He was like, well, why would he do this so quickly? Well, there was no reason for him not to. You know, He was thinking they could try to work together before starting to betray each other and use self-preservation tactics. But, but that's exactly it. Kyle went into self-preservation mode and Alyssa preservation mode. He didn't have the luxury of time. He knew what would happen if he didn't act. Mm -hmm. There was only one non-leftover option. Joseph still isn't getting it. And it's a little frustrating because he's smarter than that. He needed to be able to read the room, but he still isn't seeing it. Yeah, I I think he sees this as a very big betrayal from Kyle. And that's not to say Kyle played this well or anything. Like in, he he had the right intentions for it. But this week, I, I am on the camp that this was the right move for Kyle himself mm -hmm. in this move. Because here's the thing is, if I'm Kyle and I'm thinking you're going so gung-ho on a list, who's the last leftover essentially you can target, and then it's going to be us, you know? Why wouldn't you actually make a move against me? Why would you actually go against Alyssa? Why wouldn't you come for the head and then get Alyssa later on? Mm -hmm. I'm obviously more of a threat here. You don't need me in the leftovers to continue this, you know, stampede. You have enough people. He was put out on the outs the following week before then when they all ganged up essentially and they talked to him about this stuff and he had to fight essentially to keep Alyssa. And he realized where the split was. And I think Joseph... I, I think, unfortunately, Joseph really needed to reaffirm that bromance him, Monty Turner, and Kyle all four had to be a collective versus how then it became from the four to the leftovers, you know, where it was Thumb, then Brittany and Taylor. Now it felt like Joseph was in the camp of Brittany and Taylor more so than he was with Kyle, mm -hmm. Turner, and them. So it, it just became convincing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, over the course of the past couple of weeks, I think many, many of us have wondered, I know I have, how Joseph could be so naive. And I thought Rob had an interesting theory that he discussed on the Wednesday night recap. And he said that it, it seemed like Joseph may have really just seen last season and saw how the cookout stayed together. Mm -hmm. So he decided he had to be loyal to the leftovers in the same way, not realizing the cookout was special. They stayed together for a bigger reason, not because it helped all their games. And in fact, it was detrimental to some of their games. To the woman who hosted this week's comp, although that wasn't for Joseph, it was detrimental to Tiffany's game as just one person. You know, the cookout was the exception when it comes to absolute loyalty. It was not the rule. Yeah, it, it wasn't the rule. And I, I mean, that's a good that's good theory that he might have seen that before. But I think the biggest thing to remember that even though the cookout is such a good thing for the oh cookout, excuse me, the leftovers is such a good thing for them. You have a group of people versus you have a ride or die. You know, yeah. at that point, Alyssa's game, Alyssa doesn't have, doesn't have a game at this point. Her <laughs> game is literally being there and Kyle really covering up for her. Who knows? Maybe she'll be able to make a move, have some sort of autonomy down the line, but she has not shown anything of it right now. 
but she also wants to take Kyle today. And this is Kyle's perfect number two who will do whatever he needs to do and also be his final two in a jury. He's winning it hands down against Alyssa, most likely. And so Joseph and, didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, go. So you, you feel no, free I was go. just going to say what, what you said. He's If he somehow magically gets to the end with her, he wins. Yeah. If she ends up in the jury, he has a free vote. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's you know win-win for him it's a win-win and then also knowing because here's the thing is we've talked about kyle having a conf- having a certain bias feeling that people are turning on turning against him when they really weren't but then when he starts to see signs that actually hey maybe we're turning against Alyssa, who now he says a slap against Alyssa is a slap against me he's starting to have a confirmation bias so he's like ah oh, this mm-hmm. group of people who i thought were getting together it actually is monty taylor and joseph and so his defense of Alyssa in actually turns those three close together because they're like, oh man, Kyle's kind of getting away from us. In terms, it's, it's a bad cycle, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but Joseph has to be aware to see that cycle happening and realize like, hey, something has changed from the one we formed to now. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we could move on to the second rule. That was a, a long first rule, but we had, like we said, we had two people to talk about there. Um, and it says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. Now, Joseph had his scheming blown up by Kyle, so that eliminated any possibility of him keeping that secret. But even beyond that, his ongoing campaign and the way he went about it to, you know, made it clear to Terrence that Joseph would always choose the leftovers over those in Direfest. No matter what. And Terrence wanted a foursome to go back into the house as a unit. It was clear to him Joseph wasn't ever going to be part of that unit. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, unfortunately, Joseph played a very sloppy, like, double agent game. He was just saved by the bell because the people he was playing double agent with didn't even realize they were playing Big Brother. And so he was able to infiltrate, do all these moves against whether it was Indy, whether it was Jasmine, so on, because they weren't just thinking about it. Versus I feel like in any other situation, he would have been caught by the other hand very quickly. So Terrence was able to see it as a third party group. And so it it became his own demise there because he realized his loyalty where they truly rely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joseph had other issues with this rule as well. Uh, Taryn noted a few times in different podcasts and maybe even on Twitter that Joseph never stopped talking strategy with everyone in the house. Now, that's certainly better than Jasmine not talking strategy with half the house, but there is a happy medium. And there were also other specific examples where he overcomplicated things for no good reason. Uh, One time he came up with a plan. He convinced Taylor. Taylor tried to convince Brittany, but it was so complicated and didn't make sense that she couldn't do it. So they had to bring Joseph back into it. And then Joseph explained it. And by the end, Brittany realized the plan really only benefited Joseph. And, you know, I think a big problem was Joseph tended to do a lot more talking than listening. And, you know, to the point that sometimes people couldn't even get a word in edgewise. He would just keep going and going and going. And so you know, another one of those situations was the Kyle veto issue when the others in the leftovers had convinced Taylor it wasn't a big deal whether or not he used the veto. But then Joseph comes in and in a matter of minutes completely turns her around again, not allowing anyone else to really get in there and, and being able to convince people to think your way is great in the Big Brother house. Unless you basically tried to do it all the time and everybody notices. 
he had, unfortunately, a very heavy touch when he tried to get something done. And I think it's not to say that I didn't think he wasn't that he wasn't aware that he was doing this. It wasn't mm-hmm. even the fact that he wanted to do it differently. I think he just felt so much confidence and I dare say hubris after each of the wins happened week in, week out. He felt a form of untouchableness. He didn't think anybody in the leftover was going to get him. He thought after the leftovers start fighting, he was in a great position being central in there. And he just didn't imagine that he could be in danger. And because of that, he kind of walked around and probably overplayed his hand in so many ways. But was he's a really good social player. It's undoubtedly he's a very good social player. And he was able to cover up with his social ability on strategic mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, before we go ahead to the social, which we, we've got a little bit. But, um, you know, another time he unnecessarily complicated things was when he volunteered to go on the block as a replacement nom and Taylor's HOH for no good reason. You know, again, he was overplaying. And I I think we may have mentioned this last week that the uh, only the punishment of being literally tied to Taylor saved him because they, you know, he didn't think that they could pull off an acting job if he, if she were to put him up at that point. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's ironic because it saved him also strategically in the house you don't want to be linked to your best person regardless because it puts such a huge target on you. I mean, he never pretended, he over-pretended that the relationship was bigger than they were. So he was just continually trying to uh, do moves that he probably shouldn't have in the house, that he got yeah. away with for so long, but it finally caught up with him. Yeah, and that leads to the one that I was mentioning before, which was the other duo, which was his bromance with Monty. Um, you know, that's specifically mentioned in this rule that you should avoid. Um, now Terrence foolishly claimed that this bromance was stronger than any showman's. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, but you know, no matter how skewed Terrence's view was being seen as a tight duo with Monty did not help Joseph's case. Uh, it, you know, it's just one more thing piled on top. Yeah. I mean, Monty has been viewed as a threat and a very strong player from the beginning of the game since day one. And so having Joseph tied to him like that, and then also tied to the girl who literally can't be sent home, Taylor, who's escaped fire every week and week out and any person coming up. So like he's tied to these people who are prolific at this point within this big brother season. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to rub off onto you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing that it looks like Joseph did right in this rule. Um, you talked earlier about him downplaying himself. Well, we saw him pretending not to know how to play chess. Chess, of course, is a strategic game. Um, now, you know, compared to everything else he did to go against this rule, it's very minor. But hey, at least he was thinking of that one small thing. He was thinking about it. I like the idea that I imagine everyone actually is like a grandmaster at chess. They all have like a 2200 rating essentially playing chess and they're all pretending to be worse than each other and complacently playing to lose, as he said. Yeah, I, it was great. He uh, I, I had done a, a TikTok on this, but, you know, he like called the pawn like the drummer boy or something. Yeah. Like, that. like I mean, he was really dumbing himself down on this. Um. So, but speaking of dumbing yourself down we can move to jasmine uh because it might immediately seem like since she wasn't really strategizing much other than what you had mentioned um you know does that mean that she didn't violate this rule but she did indeed have a couple problems here uh the main one was that as michael said 
She proved time and time again that she had no loyalty to anyone. Uh, Brittany figured out, or Brittany talked about how she figured out early that Jasmine was more interested in being on the right side of the house than anything else, which made her easier to manipulate and flip. It's hard to swear you'll be loyal to someone when that someone knows that your history looks like Jasmine's history did. I mean, I think it's very ironic that she was always wanting to be on the right side of the house, but they really made it so that she would never be on the right side of the house. I mean, her game was so transparent that she was really able to have all her scheming be out in the open because people convinced her what to do, essentially. So, I mean, she didn't have any true allies in the game to help her otherwise. And when you don't have any true allies in there, all the information you're getting fed becomes nonsense. So, um, even though she didn't tell too many people always about her schemes, anybody she did tell about her schemes, you couldn't trust. Even Alyssa, Alyssa was the one who sunk her boat, who she thought she would be the person she'd be closest to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and that goes back to when she was trying to scheme, you know, Joseph. Um, and it's funny because she, she told Dalton Ross that she hoped Joseph would be voted out. Now they obviously did their interviews without knowing who it was. Um, because he told Brittany about the five swatters and in her words, I think that kind that really kind of messed my up my game a lot. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Jasmine. No, you clearly were not listening when, to Michael's goodbye message when he listed out the people in the main alliance, including Joseph. Um, you know, I, I mentioned at the end of rule one that Joseph still wasn't getting certain things. And this is a situation where Jasmine is in the same boat. She still isn't getting that she was on the outs for a long time. It was not the five swatters that did her in, no matter what Brittany said. You know, and, and the other thing is, that she's still not getting is just how wrong she was about Joseph because mm-hmm. she told Mike Bloom that Joseph didn't even mean anything bad by telling them. He just talks a lot. <laughs> so she still doesn't understand that he was purposely doing this to her. It's, it's funny. I think I, I can't wait for the clip in the jury when we see them interacting. He's like, yeah, actually, I did tell everything because I was never working with you. I think the only person, not the only person, but the person she should be the most mad at is Alyssa, who basically ran all the information back to Kyle for so, so many weeks. He was essentially dictating every move that Jasmine would do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, over schemed in the worst ways possible. Yeah. All right, we can move on to the third rule, which talks about needing to be flexible. We were just talking about Jasmine being exceedingly flexible when it came to being on the right side of the house. But that sort of thing can only get you so far when you don't actually know what's going on anywhere in the house. She did not have her finger on the pulse of anything, which is a key part of this rule. Yeah, I... I, you can't, I, I'm trying to even think, because like, the, the, what I have in my notes was she flexible and I only had a big N.O. because the reason why is that she stuck to her strategy of working with only the people she walked into the house and was like I like you I like you I like you I'm not working with anybody else and she didn't ever try to adjust I think it still goes to show where Taylor was saying that you know she will never ever put Jasmine on the block and mm-hmm. because she's never going to try to she never herself wants to put out and evict a black woman um, just kind of a bond they hold. You would think, you would think Jasmine would want to utilize the relationship, try to work with Taylor a little bit more. 
but not a, like she she talks about she's like yeah even in her ex interview she's talking about yeah i mean like i apologize for my behavior against uh taylor well she kind of left out a lot of things but she said she apologizes she doesn't try working with her at all she's like yeah we didn't have much of a game relation why taylor wanted to work with you she would have worked with you and it's just kind of confusing that why she only continued to rely on Alyssa, who couldn't be trusted and then thought joseph was her sweetheart essentially that she could manipulate she so she wasn't flexible with working with anybody else yeah yeah now on the other hand joseph actually had put himself into a pretty flexible situation um which sounds strange considering we talked about his extreme loyalty to the leftovers but he said he joined the five swatters just to get information and that was working but it also meant that if one of the swatters happened to win HOH, like on the wall comp, he was going to be safe because they believed it was real, even though he knew it wasn't. And so, it, you know, it would have worked for him in that situation. Now, it also could have come back to bite him because Michael and Brittany weren't thrilled with how he was using it that way. Mm-hmm. But eh, that turned out not to matter. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that Joseph played a really flexible game in the sense that he made sure he had a lot of options. The issue what ended up happening is because he got himself, and I don't want to say it's a twist fault that he went home, but without this twist, uh, he probably does not find himself in the same situation because he was stretched so thin by the time then when he was consumed with a team of five, essentially. Mm-hmm. He was seen to be so flexible that he's been working with everyone. It was turned against him, you know, like saying that, well, now Alyssa, there's no way she's going to trust him because everything he was doing in the fly swatters or elsewise was all a lie to her. And so the issue of it being showing that you're working with so many people and being flexible with these moving coalitions is that you're betraying a lot of people's trust. And so that kind of caught up to him much quicker than he thought he'd be able to get them out way before they would figure it out. Right. Right. And the funny thing is, yeah, he was appearing to be flexible, but actually was not, as yeah. we discussed. And, you know, again, the whole Kyle and Alyssa situation. He could not overcome, as you called it, his tunnel vision. Um, he, I think part of it was that he told Julie he wanted to prove that loyalty can work on Big Brother. But two things. Number one, no, it can't. And number two, when it somewhat can, it still has to be tempered with reality. It can't be mm-hmm. blind loyalty. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that, like, and loyalty comes in so many different facets, right? Are we to say now, yes, Kyle's unloyal to the uh, leftovers, but he's loyal to Alyssa. So this idea that he can be both at the same time, and I think for, like, for uh, somebody like Joseph, he was unloyal to all these people in the fly swatters, these people he was making these fake relationships with. So which one comes first, I guess, is a question you could argue, of course, is that does your loyalty, if you pledge it to somebody else, and now all the other times you can break your promises? I think that's the issue with, with Joseph. Like you said, that he was being shown to be flexible with the, everyone else, but in the insides, he was very rigid in the way he wanted to play his game and that he was unable to see the what was happening with his own group, which was mm-hmm. Alyssa and Kyle. Yeah. All right. Well, the fourth rule says players should not let their emotions control them. I guess we could consider Joseph's dedication to loyalty as somewhat emotional, but that's typically not what we talk about for this rule. If anything, I would say he ignored the reality of emotion. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, again, going back to the Kyle and Alyssa situation, he saw Kyle as being in the leftovers. And Alyssa was not being in the leftovers. So to him, it was an easy decision. 
he didn't account for the emotion of a relationship factoring in. I think that's a really good point. I mean, when we, we we look at these people and we kind of judge them in the sense of game theory and like we break down the game for them, deep dive it because we have a full viewpoint of what's going on. Um, unfortunately, Joseph doesn't have a full point of that because he can't be in every room. He can't see every mm-hmm. camera. So you can't just base on what you think is the most rational decision for each person's game and base your move on that because there might be some other factors you can't consider like emotions. I mean, one thing I will say is that emotional assist, I think, he was one of the few players genuinely in the beginning. He didn't like the behavior of what was the treatment mm-hmm. of what happened to Taylor. So he took his emotions and formed a coalition with that amongst others. So he tried to utilize how he felt in the game emotionally and make it strategic. And I think that was a key point for him to help him move forward. But unfortunately, like you said, once he did that, he was unable to do the reverse and look at game strategy and break it down into emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, switching over to Jasmine. Uh, way back in late July, uh, she said she knew how to separate personal and game. And then she added, well, you know, she thought she did. Uh, but from what we saw to her personal was game, uh, you know, as we discussed earlier and when we were talking about Indy last week, Jasmine seemed to think that if she was friendly with someone that made them allies, but that's, that's not the way it works. I mean, her her game, like, there's no separation. Her game was right. personal, you know? All her relationships were personal. They weren't based on game. If she didn't like somebody, she didn't work with them. She didn't work with Taylor. She didn't like her. She didn't really like Brittany. She didn't care much for other people. And then she didn't really have game talks with them. She used her own personal situations in life going on to kind of try to use as an attempt to save her from a block in different situation, whether it was a passing of a family member, whether it was her birthday week, month, you know, she used personal decisions um, to form game decisions. So, and I mean, let's look at Muffin Gate, you know, like Muffin Gate with Turner. Uh, let's, let's, she was, uh, t- Turner basically as a joke ate her muffin and she turned that into a game issue. And um, I mean, that's why Turner and her didn't really, they didn't really get along before, but he definitely didn't get along at all down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see his reaction, uh, his confessional to, uh, to you know, on, on uh, uh, Sunday's episode, I bet he's going to say something like he's going to mock her accent and sayings again. Like I'm as happy as a, as a dog in a bone factory, you know, or right. something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But, um, yeah yeah and that really leads us into the fifth rule which tells players they need to pretend to be nice and play the social game um i think jasmine was pretty perfect in this based on what we just said right yeah i i would agree she just had an impeccable ability to kind of just never let the emotions come on her face and just be very nice to every single person i here's the thing there's there's two types we should, uh, we should do like a whole podcast of just straight faced saying absolutely opposite of everything. The craziest stuff because we, yeah. I, I, somebody's going to like clip that and like this is what they're saying on this podcast. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a level of, you know, being from the South, you know, you say certain things that are actually, they sound nice, but they're actually really like, I mean, like bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's saying basically like go F you essentially. Yeah. It's not blessing anything. All right. Like there's not, and I think she was hoping and but there's that and then there's other ways where you say it and just comes off just like it doesn't sound nice at all and it just comes through and i unfortunately think that she thought maybe she was coding some of her 
um, feelings with Southern sayings, but I don't think she didn't realize that the other players were looking at what she's saying. Like, actually, yo, you don't mean very nice things about it. You mean something very, you know, completely opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Joseph said in his Us Magazine interview that Jasmine had been tanking her social game. Again, remember, he didn't know who was who was out yet. Um, and, and there were just a number of examples of this. A, a good one was her birthday, the, the actual celebration on that day. People kept trying to kind of sneakily get away from her and she would chase them down. You know, she made them each say two things they liked about her. Who does that? Who do, I mean, if someone else is doing it, like if I'm hosting a birthday party for you and I tell like, oh, Hannah, tell us two things you like about Ovi. But you don't say, Hannah, tell me two things you like about me. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's just like, I, I feel like she thought maybe she would come off a little bit more endearing, like little sister vibes in the sense that like, oh, man, like it's annoyingly adorable, you know? But unfortunately, there was no adorableness by it. Yeah. All the players were very, you know, and I think we, we saw scenes where she she was trying to be a little too kind to Joseph in situations where she was trying to maybe start a showman's there here and there. And Joseph had nothing. He, he didn't want anything to do with that. So mm -hmm. we just saw so many attempts of Jasmine to be nice to the wrong people who didn't want any of that. And then also not pretend to be nice at all to the probably nicest people on the cast. Yeah, I mean, you know, we already talked about her extending that birthday to a month, which people just found obnoxious. There were some mm -hmm. great scenes of, of that. And there were plenty of other things they, they found obnoxious about her. She ate Turner's HOH food without permission. She was hiding the other house food. But then, as you mentioned, she got pissy about half a muffin. Uh, she acted like she was the queen of Big Brother, expecting to be waited on hand and foot, especially foot. Um, and complaining if they didn't get it exactly to her specifications. She even mentioned wanting to be treated like a queen in her interview with Dalton. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm sure she, in her mind, she was joking, but there was an awful lot, like a hundred percent of reality in there. Um, you know, when she was a have not, she expected Turner to make her slop whenever he made it for himself. And like one time he forgot. So he ended up giving her half his food just to keep her quiet. Uh, and then she was like, well, why didn't you bring me a napkin? Uh, you know, she asked Joseph to bring her a cup and he brings her a cup and she's like, why didn't you rinse it out? Um, she wouldn't clean things or put them away. And then the one time she cleaned the bathroom, she whined that nobody was helping her. Um, you know, speaking of the bathroom, she broke a glass in the bathroom and she just left it there. She didn't clean it up. She left toenail clippings on the cushion in the bathroom. Uh, she would open a bottle of Sprite. It would go flat. She'd just leave it sitting. Uh, and then the capstone was just after Jasmine tried to convince Brittany to use the veto. So before she knew she was going, she still thought she had a hope. She sat and yawned and watched as Monty and Brittany cleaned the kitchen and fridge. Like, you had a list. You had it. That was a wonderful list. We need to clip that. That needs to be on a video. Uh, <laughs> Wow, I, I I didn't even realize all that intricate of those things she did. Um, so I, I appreciate you bringing that up. One thing I will always say in the Big Brother house is that those little things add up because they form their way into bigger conversation. 
meaning that no one's going to vote you off because they don't like that you have a toenail in the bathroom. It's not fun, but they're not going to vote you off. What's going to happen is, is you're going to say something like, oh, I can't believe you left toenails there, or you did X, Y, and Z. She didn't do her dishes. And as you add there, more people will probably feel the same way because then it becomes a mutual dislike of something that should be a communal thing that everyone does. And then that leads to, yeah, I mean, and also she doesn't talk much game talk with me. She doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, she can ask, like, it it opens the door, these little things that you do within the house. You know, that's why I always said that you want to just try to be, like, stay away from ever dictating the kitchen. You never want to tell anybody what they can and can't do or eat food within there because people get picky about that. You, you shouldn't in general. Like, there's right. enough food to go around in this big brother house. They feed you like crazy. So uh, it's easy to just, like, mind your own stuff and sorry, excuse me, um, and do your own things. And she, unfortunately, she was not able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, I, I do think, I agree with you. You know, people are generally not going to vote you out for those reasons, but it piles on. Mm-hmm. And of even greater significance was her lying in general and, of course, specifically her treatment of Taylor. Mm-hmm. She lied so much early on. I'm not even entirely sure whether she realized she was lying half the time or she truly believed what she was saying when she said it. Um, And that wasn't even just in her game discussions, but some of the tales she told about things outside the game. Um, A prime example of inside the game, uh, which dealt with both her lying and treatment of Taylor was, so it was shortly after she had injured her ankle and she asked Taylor to cook her something and she suggested shrimp and rice. And she went on and on about how much she loves it. And then later to someone else, I think it was Monty, but I'm not 100% sure. She claimed Taylor was kissing up and volunteered to make her shrimp and rice. And Jasmine was like, oh, sure, if you want. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just little things like that. I mean, just unnecessarily rude and Mm -hmm. unkind when it's so simple to be kind in that Big Brother house because you literally are having everything given to you, especially when you're in a you're an important power. She wasn't really in a position that where it was horrid for her in the sense that people were coming at her or she felt like she, at that, she never, she felt like she lost grip of the game until down the line, you know? And so in those moments is where I think your character really speaks to yourself when you treat others in those moments when you're not in trouble. And we just saw that she was not able to be nice to people or pretend to not be nice people when it was literally no difficulty for her. Yeah. It wouldn't have hurt her at all. It would have helped. Yeah. Now, earlier you had mentioned um, her apology to Taylor, even though she left a few things out. Well, it's time to get to the things she left out because, um, you know, she was frustrated earlier that Taylor was still in the house. And she said, it's time to get this bitch out of here. Uh, She also raged that she wanted to beat Taylor with her cane for (laughs) campaigning while she was on the block. Um, well, first of all, if I were Taylor, I wouldn't be too worried because, you know, Jasmine showed she doesn't know how to use a cane anyway. But, um, you know, like you mentioned, she did eventually apologize. And she said a few days ago that her biggest regret was not standing up about the Taylor bashing. I'm not 100 percent sure she ever took ownership of the bashing she herself did in her interviews. She didn't. And of course, these interviews, since you're in the jury, you can just ask questions. There are no follow up questions. Um, but she just said, oh, she regretted not standing up for her. But at no point did she say, at least in the interviews that I saw, um, they were coming in just as we were you know, starting to record mm-hmm. here. Um, she never said, I apologize for the words I said, like the two mm-hmm. quotes that I just mentioned. 
it gave me really shades of when Daniel was in the Julie Chin's like interview session where she was asking him right after you got evicted, this is how the leftovers came to be because of your behavior, et cetera. Um, and he was like, well, you know, I always stand for, you know, people who are getting bullied. I'm always for the little guys. I'm like really glad they formed like they formed because of you. This happened because of you, your behavior. You're not you're not saying like you support like people like rally like you were the bullier. You were the person doing that. And in this situation, I think it's funny with like Jasmine. She was one of the provocateurs. Like she was like the mm-hmm. person like really trying to like push it. So like saying you didn't stand up for her. You didn't even need to stand up for her. You just didn't need to do what you did. And that would have right. been fine, you know? So like, yeah, it would have been better anyway. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was, you just uh, triggered a memory here that I did want to mention earlier in the podcast. This is a massive tangent from this rule. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 when Daniel was voted out and he gave his pseudo apologies, uh, I remember we discussed and said, well, he, you know, he didn't want to come out and say, I apologize because I don't know what I'm apologizing for. And he made it sound really good. And we said, hopefully he will go back and he will make the specific apologies and things will get better. I said, I I think we said we we're not counting on it. And it's a good thing we weren't counting on it because he is back out there in the social media world, making a complete jerk of himself and showing that whatever he may have pseudo apologized before. Yeah, he totally didn't mean it. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't place any bets on it. It doesn't yeah. seem like, unfortunately, some of the houses we hoped, you know, would learn from their behavior would maybe address it in a certain way. We we try to be kind here. We 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 really did give people the benefit of the doubt where we said, you know, this is what we said inside the house. Mm-hmm. They're inside, and we hope when they leave the house, they have a change thought after some time. Who knows? But we definitely need more time because they haven't changed yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry for that tangent there. Like I said, mentioned uh, meant, meant to mention it earlier. Uh, but uh, getting back to uh, rule five here, when uh, Kyle and Alyssa were talking this week about what might happen inside the house, they agreed that Jasmine would have to win veto to save herself because Kyle said that she brought it on herself with how poorly she treated the other players. Now, this goes back. You said you know, they're not going to vote you out for this reason, but it does pile on. Mm-hmm. And especially in her situation that she was, um, I, I, I think Brittany had a very good observation because she noted that Jasmine sometimes referred to herself as a mean girl. And Brittany wondered, well, if, if she knows she's like that, why doesn't she fix it? And that's a very good question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just having the social awareness to do that. And you need to have that in the first place. And I think if you don't realize you're rubbing people the wrong way, like if you don't think you're infallible for it, you're not going to do anything about it. And unfortunately, I think she felt like you said that her endearing qualities were endearing and not obnoxious. And unfortunately, a lot of her actions in there were kind of obnoxious to other Mm -hmm. the house guests. Yeah. Now, Joseph was 100% the opposite of Jasmine. Uh, I mean, even Jasmine knew that Joseph was close with everyone. Uh, You know, Taylor mentioned to Brittany that Joseph's game had been all social. You had mentioned that earlier. Uh, And he was, you know, as we discussed, he was one of the driving forces behind the formation of the leftovers because he saw how some of the others were treating Taylor. And it wasn't just Taylor. He checked in on people when he could tell they were Mm -hmm. upset. There, There was Taylor, but we also saw it with Brittany. He actually cared 
about other people and treated them well. I'm, I'm going to pull this up because I think it speaks kind of uh, measures for um, Joseph in here. I don't think this rule almost attains him because our, our rule here essentially is pretend to be nice. Right. Uh, play, uh, he, he wasn't pretending. And I, right. I know we're biased a little bit on just I really like. But I think this is the reason why we are. He was a genuinely very kind person. And I think the reason why I say all this is that within the house, he wasn't having to pretend to be nice. He was just being nice to him. And even outside of the house, I loved his word association with his uh, interview with David Bloom when they, they asked Mike each Bloom. of the house guests. Oh, my, excuse me. <laughs> Mike Bloom. Um, when they, he asked him, what do you think of each house? Yes. And I just want to read this out loud because I think it's really interesting to see the differences between Joseph's word association versus Jasmine. So when he was asked with rapid fire thoughts, one word for each of the remaining house guests, what do you think of Alyssa? He said, sweet and manipulative. Brittany, calculated and stealthy. Kyle, funny and emotional. And here's the thing. Kyle, the person who just literally right. sent him over, he, he said emotional, funny and emotional. That's what he said. Michael, Michael is perfect. Uh, just kidding. He's definitely calculated, smart, and stealthy. Monty, my brother, well-driven, mature, calculated. Taylor, perfect. Again, beautiful, independent, driven, smart, calculated. Terrence, I would say perseverance. Uh, Turner, funny, chill, go with the flow. Here's This is literally the day, twenty-four, less than 24 hours since he's been voted out. And these people kind of just threw the rug under him. None of the things he said about them was really harsh versus when we look at like – when we ask uh, Jasmine, her word associations for Alyssa, where's her heart on the sleeve? Brittany, floater. Joseph, ooh, that's hard, charismatic. Kyle, probably one of the worst players in the game to me. Michael, strategic. Monty, close to his chest. Taylor, beauty queen. Terrence, careful. Turner, inconsiderate. Like, I just think you just... Inconsiderate, <laughs> says the woman who stole his food. Exactly. You know, but likes to forget about that. Yeah, I know. Um... So yeah, that's a really good comparison there. That 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 really is. Yeah, I mean, I think Joseph's all around really nice. I mean, I think he was trying to play. He played a really good social game, and he, he tried to keep his bad habits, his controversial political beliefs, to himself. I'm not saying he had any, but he just didn't really let those become a topic of conversation around mm -hmm. there, whether his own personal things. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back, so let's get back to the show. So we can move into the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. Um, what are your thoughts on Joseph in this regard? I think I think he he knew he was going to be a big threat just from how he looks. You know, he talked about going house. I mean, Joseph's biceps are bigger than 
both mine and I have, I have the same, together. Yeah, I have the same problem. I know I'm always going to be a big threat. That, that's why this shirt right uh, here. Uh, one, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's why I had to wear the, the long sleeve shirt uh-huh. so you can't see. It, it, it's literally you know? breaking out. You should just yeah. wait till you. Uh, essentially, Joseph was going to be seen as a threat. The issue is, is that he was also seen very strategically, and then he never tried to play it down. He just was very confident in himself and his relationships. So. He was very, he never secret about his social game. He was never secret about how much he works out, but how really, I mean, he tried to hide that he was a lawyer, but it was very evident of how smart and well-spoken he was. You can't just hide that when you're spending 24 seven with people all the time. Except, except to Jasmine. She still thinks that he's, you know, some airhead. Exactly. So, I mean, I think his threat level was already high, but he didn't do any, he didn't do any work to try to lessen it other than really hide his profession. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he did. He did dumb himself down at chess. We mentioned that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he did try to make himself look like, in his words, a meathead. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, uh, he he didn't tell anyone he was an attorney. So he said he was a personal trainer. And I do think he he did well enough in that regard, uh, even though Michael, who is also an attorney hiding that he's an attorney, uh, picked up a flu, uh, excuse me, <coughs> a few clues. But in general, it seemed like people were less suspicious of Joseph being a personal trainer than they were of Monty, who actually is a personal <laughs> trainer. Yeah. No, I, ironically of it. But here's the thing is, here's what I would argue. Even though he's hiding that he was a, you know, essential lawyer, I don't really think being saying you're a personal trainer is much of a less threat. Yes, a less smarter person. And I'm not saying they really are, but the way you perceive it maybe is like a lawyer is so much smarter than a personal mm-hmm. trainer but like in a game that's competition based i think joseph was still seen as such a threat because when you look around his cast even though there are some men here monty he's a strong looking dude none of the guys really look anywhere near as close of, of joseph when you can truly believe he's like a, a full-time bodybuilder essentially the way he's right. cut and everything so yeah i just and, and i think he, even though he tried to play those things down, it was like, I'm not a threat, but I'm this threat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other threat, since we were talking about Monty and we did talk about it, is that duo, you know, being seen mm-hmm. as a duo with Monty. Um, I, I, I think under normal situations, um, and I think you even mentioned this earlier, Monty would have been the one to draw the target, but Joseph almost did it himself last week when he talked about volunteering mm-hmm. for the block. And this week, of course, he was on his own. Um, because of the way the house broke down. And so, um, you know, and I do want to address, because you mentioned it earlier, I don't think he's out because he was screwed by the twist. Yes, yeah. the twist led to the situation, but he helped put himself in that situation. We've, you, you know, and I, I not to get to our conclusions or anything yet, but all these things we've talked about are things that could have been different, that he could have handled differently. And you know, it also was a situation where even without the twist, he was in danger at other points mm-hmm. and could have still been in danger. Um, so, you know, and that leads to another thing that caused Kyle to put the target on Joseph, you know, is back to something that we mentioned in the first rule about how Joseph played double agent and had Jasmine convinced he was with her again, showing he was a good player. And now, whether it was because Joseph was a good player, Jasmine was a bad player, a combination of the two is hard to determine. But for Kyle's purposes, he wanted to use the part of, oh, look at Joseph. He's a good player. 
Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. I mean, on the flip side of things where Joseph, I think, was a really big threat, I'm curious to see your stance on Jasmine here, who wasn't much of a threat, (laughs) but I think she became a threat because she wasn't with them. Yeah, well, okay, you've summed it up in far less words than I was going to use, but (laughs) I'll still use a bunch of words because, you know, early in the season, Jasmine told Kyle she was playing dumb. I think she did an excellent job. Uh, But, uh, you know, more seriously, I I said weeks ago, I don't know how long ago, but it's on Twitter somewhere that uh, I I felt like Jasmine could last quite a while because she was a useful tool and not a threat at all. People could easily guide her in terms of which way they wanted her to vote. As we discussed, she was very unlikely to win comps, especially with her, quote unquote, injured ankle. She was easily the least threatening person outside the leftovers. But like you said, she wasn't in the leftovers. She wasn't. Nope. And this situation right here where maybe if it wasn't a twist, we could have seen her get through because maybe Alyssa goes home and then they actually take a shot at a leftover member or maybe they take a shot at Terrence. I really feel like if there was anybody outside of the leftovers who could have made it kind of somewhat far I think it might have been Jasmine because even Turner talked about, I don't really like her whatsoever. I don't see her as a threat. And I also think I'm going to beat her hands down if I take her to a final two. Like she's, this is a type of person who's not going to win a jury vote versus right. other people. So why is she a target of mine? It just happenstance that like they had to make a decision. Michael decided to pick her number, her first essentially, because he wanted a target who wasn't in the leftovers. It wasn't because of her threat level. So she didn't leave the game because of her threat level. She left the game that she didn't have enough of a threat level to be part of the leftovers in any shape or form. Right. Now, you do say something, by the way, uh, takes me back to something you were talking about earlier, uh, just to jump back a couple rules. Uh, You said, you know, Turner said she's never going to win at the end. And one reason she was never going to win at the end was because of her social game and how people were not happy with her. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned, well, people aren't going to vote you out because you don't clean or because you leave your toenails or whatever. That's true. But remember, or or we have to remember, these rules are for winning. It's Mm -hmm. not just about, I mean, yeah, we address them every week. But even if she made it all the way to the end, you can bet that those things are going to come up. Why would I want to vote for her? She never did a damn thing to help herself or to even help me in the house. Not just strategically, but she was annoying to live with. And you know those things come into play. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's a, this is why, you know, it, it, at the very end, we'll have a session where we talk about, you know, who went home, why it went lost, but why the person potentially won. Because mm-hmm. it, it's about winning the game. You don't win the game by not being a threat. You have to be a threat at some level for you to get that win. So um, yeah. there's a happy medium in there. And that right. she unfortunately right. did not reach. No. <laughs> All right. Well, the seventh rule says to trust almost nobody. I don't think we need to repeat specifically who Joseph should not have trusted because we've pretty much been beating that drum all podcast long. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes through the whole thing. It's yeah. uh, I feel like yeah. we've answered that question with yeah. the whole yeah, yeah. That rule. They both yeah, failed now, it. <laughs> yeah. Now, as for Jasmine, she said on the feeds this week that she knew Turner lied about the muffin because she has a tactic where she knows someone is lying to her. Weird how that worked on the muffin 
but it never worked any other time in the house, despite the many times people were lying to her. Like, for example, Joseph and the whole five swatter thing. You know, as we discussed earlier, if someone was friendly to her, she just trusted them. Mm-hmm. Well, she she just trusted them. And here's the thing is she she trusted she shouldn't she trusted the wrong people and didn't trust the people she probably should in the situations where she probably could have turned into towards Monty or Taylor or even honestly Turner at some points. Cause I think Turner really gave her the benefit of the doubt most of the games. And he just couldn't like work with her because she had such a disdain outward dislike of the things outside of the game of him. Um, and then she trusted Alyssa who told all her secrets. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we can move into Appendix A, which deals with the jury phase of the game, is about how players, usually the other players, need to plan ahead for making it to Final Two and how they should work the jury. Because of the split house situation, I don't think there was too much jury-related planning with regards to specifically who to evict, but the insiders definitely worked on jury management when it came to Jasmine. Uh, We saw another excellent goodbye video from Michael. Brittany tried uh, to to manage Jasmine in the way she took the lead, telling Jasmine that she would be leaving Wednesday night or uh, on Wednesday night, telling her she would be leaving as she did with with Indy. But she unfortunately did the same way she did with Indy, which was that she tried to make Jasmine feel like she was to blame. Making someone feel bad on their way out the door, not a great way to get a jury vote. We, we saw that it didn't work for Indy based on the look on Jasmine's face during Brittany's goodbye message. I, I'd say the same was true this time. Brittany is actually souring people on her while Michael is making them feel good. It's, it's, it's sad to see becoming like uh, the word association that, um, excuse me, Jasmine used on Brittany was floater. It wasn't a really, and not in a positive way. Right. And, uh, I think the issue is, and somebody kind of, uh, I'm not saying it's my own words because somebody put it on Twitter and I thought it was great capsulated. Brittany's goal, the way she does jury management is when your vice principal scorns you for what something you did, you know? And that's the way she's been going at this. Like you said, she tries to make it feel like it's your fault that you're going home. She she has no other, like, she has no other choice but to do this because of your actions. And I just don't think it helped. And also, I don't think it's always the best person, best time to be the first person to break the news that you're truly mm-hmm. going home. Let somebody else do that and then clean up your work for it. So yeah. I feel like, unfortunately, it, it didn't work well for her. I, I understand what she's trying to do. She's trying to say, it's not me, it's you. You know, yeah. she's doing the breakup and she's she. But it, normally you're supposed to say it's not you, it's me. But mm-hmm. she's doing it as, you know, basically like, well, I found out you were cheating on me and therefore I'm breaking up with you. Well, okay. That's, you know, makes perfect sense, but it's not necessarily going to make the other person feel any better about it. No, Um, she's trying to absolve herself from blame and and say, you you can't blame me for sending you home. You can only blame yourself, but people don't want to blame themselves. And so that just makes them feel bad. It's one of those things is that you have to be a craft way when you vote somebody else because you need to make sure they like you walking up that home or out, excuse me, out the house. And I think uh, we unfortunately saw uh, 
where on the other flip side of things, unless you want to add something more with Jasmine, but on Joseph's side of things, it was a really misplay on some of the outsiders' mm-hmm. positions, specifically Turner, who I felt like really was given an easy way to handle the situation that he fumbled it with jury management. I really feel like he would have been a, a apt choice for potentially Joseph down the line for a jury vote if he makes it out down there, versus Turner really kind of publicly invalidated what joseph was saying in the group setting and then also he could have made a tie vote and made terrence the one to ultimately vote him out or vote joseph out and he he didn't choose any of those decisions i know some people said that then the outsiders would have still said that you know turner actually voted with Mm -hmm. them they would lie about it but i mean for the outsiders it would have been a small smart decision to try to make Turner, if he was truly now on the outsider's place, to infiltrate back into leftovers as an outsider, they could have done a double agent with him. There were so yeah. many options, you know. And what's your take? Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what this week brings because I'm still debating in my head whether Turner is truly with the outsiders or not. Because we didn't really see anything. I was hoping there would be confessionals mm-hmm. on Thursday's episode that indicated, yeah, I'm just doing this because I really have no choice. But there wasn't that. So he really did have no choice, in my opinion. Yes, he could have voted to keep mm-hmm. Joseph. And then Terrence would have broken the tie and Turner would have been on the outs with, with the other outsiders. He would have been an outsider among the outsiders. Um He could have tried to convince Terrence, but I think he saw that ship had sailed. And so at this point, it was either get on board, pretend to be super loyal and see what happens or not. And I think it was kind of like Joseph pretending to be in the five swatters. Yeah, you're not really with them. But if one of them wins HOH, well, then you'll be safe. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think if one of the outsiders wins HOH, I think Turner will firmly lock himself to them and say like, Hey, nope. I look, I'm with you. I told you I was with you. Don't come after me. Mm -hmm. And if one of the insiders wins HOH, I think he'll say, Oh yeah, I was with you the whole time. I just had to do this because otherwise I was next, you know, my this was cooked, but maybe he really is being as loyal as he seems. I, I, I'm very interested to see what happens. This no, I'm, I'm interested to see that, but I just don't, regardless of either how it pans out, I just enjoy management side of things. It, he could have handled it better with Joseph. Again, I wish that we could see some more things, maybe confessionals of how it looked. Cause we only saw like a very quick decision from Turner mm-hmm. saying like, I feel like I have to do this, but it did feel like in those group conversations with Joseph and all of them involved, that when Turner could have probably been silent, and I'm really high on Turner's game, I feel like he should have opted that and let basically Joseph make his bet and Kyle and Alyssa be the pushers for it. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that by speaking up, it really makes it look to Kyle and Terrence and Alyssa like he is firmly on their side, whereas being silent doesn't necessarily help him. Maybe he separately went to... Joseph and said, hey, look, dude, I have to do this. They're, they're, I, I, I have to play this game yeah. with these people going forward. If he didn't, he should have. Uh, I hope he I hope he did, because yeah. for his sake, for it, regardless just a game, it's right. because I feel like there's other ways to also validate Kyle, Terrence, and listen, it's not like they have the pickings, you know, that right. if, if Turner just votes with them, they will probably go with them versus they're still going to, they're not going to choose Taylor slash Monty over right. Turner right. in a situation. So, uh, 
it's hard to see. And one thing really quickly I want to note, I saw somebody comment on Twitter saying, it doesn't matter if you send somebody who doesn't like you to jury house, there's no way they can influence the jury house because no one in the jury house gets to talk to each other because there's handlers. And that was probably one of the dumbest things I've seen anybody tweet on there to think that now, you, now I've been on Twitter for a long time. I believe I just hit my 13 year anniversary. There's a lot of dumber things than that. There, I, I, just, they, were, they were so adamant. They just kept tweeting and saying that, no, it doesn't matter. Handlers are there and other jurors cannot influence other jurors unless the cameras on in those three parts. Literally we've had in these last few seasons, people in the jury house get a phone and look up stuff. And be influ- these people, these handlers aren't watching them 24-7. So much happens, and you understand through conversation what you can't even talk game talk. You can be like, oh yeah, something, something. Not even game, and then influence somebody. And like you don't have tape over your mouth. You're not secluded in different rooms. You're literally just around each other. So through conversations, you can get the vibe of who who likes. Who supports in different conversations? So I think it's this. I just want to clarify that it definitely yeah. they definitely influence each other. Yeah, and you know, I mean, even if you don't talk game, even if you're hanging around and you're mm-hmm. becoming friends with friendlier with someone, you're going to take their thoughts more seriously. Hundred percent. You know, as it goes forward. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the outsiders in the terms of Joseph, um, we know Joseph's never going to vote for Kyle to win. That seems pretty clear. I don't know about the others. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see his goodbye videos. I just before we started recording, I looked on the Big Brother Instagram page. The, his goodbye videos had not posted yet. No. So, um, no, you know, they'll probably be up there before, you know, this podcast actually comes out. But, well, we didn't get to see them. Um, so we can't comment on them. I don't know what someone could say. You know, all we could say is, you know, Kyle's not getting his vote. That's for sure. He's not getting his vote. I'd be interested to see where Terrence stands in here because mm-hmm. I think maybe Joseph might respect him for one taking a shot because he knows he never really was with him. Terrence was kind of upfront about things. He was just like, hey, this is how it's going to go. He deliberated. I mean, uh, I could still see him being in his great graces if he makes it to the final two. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, I don't think this really changed much of his opinion with Alyssa, I think it just reconfirmed how he felt about yeah, her. She was, she was kind of snotty to him. You know, I don't yeah. know that's the lasting memory that he's. No. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think most of them are thinking about the jury though. I right. Think that's very apparent from this week. Right. Right. All right. Well, uh, it is about time to wrap things up. So what are your final thoughts about our two evictees? You know what? I thought this week with this, different type of twist on a double eviction was a really interesting twist that we've seen big brother do better than others um need some still tweaks but what i want to make confirmed or apparent is that we or at least i don't believe these twists were the reason each of these house guests went home each of these house guests did certain series of things throughout this time in big brother that led to them being evicted from jasmine really not employing anything other than some forms of social and personal strategy when she really didn't be flexible with other players. It ended up her being a target when the leftovers had nobody else to target on Joseph's end. As loyal as he was, he was loyal to the fault where he didn't realize the members of his own group were turning against him. And that member was um, Kyle combined with Alyssa. And that kind of was his demise. So I think, if we're going to say who's the best person who's got out of the house so far, I think Joseph right now has played the best strategy. And I think it, it's going to be an interesting game moving forward, even though I'm not happy with him gone. I think I'm excited to see how the game develops. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jasmine and Joseph were opposites in many ways. People loved Joseph, but they often couldn't stand to be around Jasmine. Joseph enjoyed discussing strategy, maybe a bit too much. On the flip side, uh, one of my earliest notes about Jasmine just said, Jasmine, terrible strategy. Uh, I'd say that summed it up pretty well. Joseph was inflexible when it came to his loyalty. Jasmine had no loyalty and just wanted to go wherever the wind was blowing. Uh, Joseph was a threat, especially when it came to Kyle and Alyssa. Jasmine was anything but, except that she wasn't a member of the Leftovers. Joseph was a better chess player than Kyle. Uh, But that's probably because knights and pawns don't have emotional relationships that interfere with the way you can move them. He could see several moves ahead on the chessboard, even if he didn't say anything, but he couldn't see what was going to happen in his side of the house split, where Alyssa was the only non-leftover available to vote out, and there was just no way Kyle was going to let that happen. Joseph should have moved first to talk to Terrence. But instead, he held back, expecting Kyle to be loyal. Joseph saw allies above all else and just couldn't seem to grasp how emotions could change things. That allowed Kyle to get the upper hand. On the other hand, Jasmine basically equated her feelings and her game. If you were her friend, you were her ally, at least in her mind. She was wrong, but that's how she saw it. Even though they were such opposites, they were voted out at the same time. Joseph was blinded by his need to stand by the alliance. Jasmine was blind to the fact that there even was an alliance. And that is why Joseph and Jasmine lost. Very well put. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, before we uh, continue here, let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed, or at least the survivor version, are available in poster and T-shirt and uh, mug form. And all sorts, you know, long sleeve shirt, sweatshirt form. Just go to robhaswebsite.com slash YX lost feed. And also don't forget that both of us are very active on social media, multiple different ones where we discuss Big Brother and a number of different things. On Twitter, I'm at the Obi Kabir and David is at David Bloomberg. We are also both on TikTok where I am at Basmati Boy. And David, who is our resident TikTok influencer is at David underscore Bloomberg. Lately, he's been posting an average of one to two videos every day, including a two minute, one to two minute uh, small mini wide blank loss for Survivor South Africa and plenty of other Big Brother videos. Usually, I've been catching them. They're going viral. You should check them out, too. <laughs> and we're both on Instagram. David is at david.e. Dot, uh, Bloomberg, where he puts his videos from TikTok and pushes it on there. And um, for me, I'm at Obi Kabir, where I just post random different things on there. Big Brother, my Corgi, my family, whatever it may be. But what we love to do is that if you want to interact with us, just send us a DM and we'll talk about this. I love when you guys send me messages and let us know where you're watching this from, whether it's you saw the link through TikTok, whether you saw it on Twitter, and let us know your thoughts. If we got something wrong or you believe differently, we love hearing about it. No, we never get any. <laughs> um, yeah, Survivor South Africa is, uh, well, did just wrap up. I won't spoil oh. anything, but uh, it did just wrap up. I, I posted the Y blank one. I have a second place video to do and then a couple of side uh, side videos to do. And, you know, with Jasmine leaving, I don't know. There goes half my content for TikTok. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you looked at my TikTok over the past week, there was a lot of Jasmine videos because it she was just doing says, well too. Yeah, she just says some of the 
uh, some things that she says. It's just, you know, great, great comedy, just terrible game. Um, but uh, yeah, so as we wrap up, um, I, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. You can get access to two special patron only Big Brother podcasts, early live access to former player interviews. Uh, Brittany, not the Brittany from this season, but from last season uh, was this past week. Uh, when Rob isn't talking directly to everyone, they're the Facebook groups and Discord. And you can just go on there, talk to people about all sorts of things. So you can support shows like ours and everything on the network by becoming a patron at robhaswebsite.com slash patron, or just click on the link at the robhaswebsite.com slash yxlostfeed. Uh, also, make sure you're subscribed to all the RHAP podcasts by going to our YX Lost Feed page. You'll find great content like the daily live feed updates, the Big Brother Stockwatch, and much more. And there are other podcasts, too. One you should definitely check out is Pod Friends, hosted by Matt Scott which features real human conversations with the people of RHAP, podcasters and community members. Pod Friends is now in its second season and has featured people like, well, me uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, a few other people, too, like T-Bird, Grace Leader, Shannon Gus and more. Uh, watch or listen to uh, to go behind the mic and learn more about the RHAP podcasters and the people who make up this community. And so you can go there at robhaswebsite.com slash podfriends. With that, I'd like to thank Scott St. Pierre for the editing done on this podcast and Will for America for the theme song. Uh, we don't have a theme song for the, you know, why Julie Chen was wrong about blank. Mm -hmm. um, uh, thanks, of course, to you, Ovi, for once again joining me for this. You know, it's not quite double length, but it is longer than normal because we had mm -hmm. two people to talk about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we will be here next week to talk about how these eight players come back together and who gets sent packing. Can't wait for it. Thanks everyone for watching. We'll see y'all soon. See you soon. Bye. This is why blank lost. And this is why blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why blank lost. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.